Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday. It is March 11th. It is 2022. We have 10 NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? Uh, not too much. The two-game slate today did not go well, but, you know, it happens. It's a two-game slate, so really can't complain too much. But, you know, i got a nice, fun, little 10-game slate here. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I mean... You know, James Harden shot one for a hundred. It was like what three for seventeen or something. It was bad. It was it bad. Wasn't I good. stopped watching halfway through the game. Well, actually, no, I wasn't even paying attention to Philly because they were just all terrible. I was just hoping my props would hit over on the Brooklyn side. They did not. Oh well. Ten gamer back on it here on today's show. So. Let's jump in. We get started here with Minnesota at Orlando, 232.5 total. The Timberwolves, a seven-point favorite. On the Magic side, Jonathan Isaac, really the only thing here. He's still out. And then Edwards, McLaughlin, Prince, and Vanderbilt, they are all questionable. Wright is out, but, I mean, that's G League, so it doesn't matter. Uh, let's start here with Minnesota. Obviously, we're going to be waiting on news for Edwards and Vanderbilt. What are your thoughts on the Timberwolves? Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on the Edwards news. If Edwards ends up missing, then I have some interest in some guys. I mean, obviously, Cat and Russell both get a decent uptick. I'm a little bit worried about Beverly coming back and if that'll eat into Beasley's production. Um, shot absolutely lights out last game. Not Not going to happen again. You don't hit 11 three-pointers too often. Um, but he's still not a terrible option if Edwards is at probably price tag. He should be, but maybe a little bit too cheap. And there's a slate where a lot of a lot of the teams we want to target are in bad spots. So we're not really targeting them today. So slim pickings on today's slate, which is why Beverly is probably a little bit in play at 5,300 coming back. Should play a full complement of minutes. Can get it done, especially without Edwards. Maybe a few extra minutes, a little bit extra usage coming in there. Um, but yeah, it's really Cat, Russell, and Pat Bev, um, and Beasley. If you really need another piece in this spot here, Orlando, obviously one of the worst defensive teams in the league, um, been playing at a fast pace re- recently. They are playing better defense, but still a below average defensive team. So this is not a terrible spot for Minnesota in what should be a very high scoring game. Yeah, Magic, not a great defensive team. So if Edwards sits, I definitely don't mind Russell. Or a Pat Bev at 5.3K. And then on the Orlando Magic side of this game, they're just playing so many people that it's tough. I mean, Wendell Carter Jr. has upside. Franz Wagner has upside. It's just 
the minutes are all very spread out right now. Yeah, with Suggs playing in this game, I don't really have a desire for anyone outside of maybe Wendell Carter Jr. He's the one guy that I could see in a big spot. Like, this does have a high total. So, if you want to take shots on any of these guys, bring backs. I mean, Suggs, Wagner, Cole Anthony, even with Fultz back in the mix, they could all end up getting there in this high-paced matchup. But overall, no one really stands out as a good just standalone play. They're pretty much all guys that you want to stack, hoping that this game stays close because there's just too many mouths to feed here. All right, moving on. We got Detroit at Boston, 215.5 total here. Boston is a 14-point favorite. On the Detroit side, Diallo, Hayes, Jackson, Magruder, Stewart out. On the Boston side, Neesmith is out. Um, anything standing out to you for Detroit? I mean, you know me. I love playing Cunningham, but I don't think this is a spot. Boston, obviously, one of the best defensive teams in the league. And I know it's not a great spot for Bagley, but Stewart's still out. I know Bagley disappointed everyone the other night, but he got into foul trouble, and so he just didn't play a full couple of minutes of minutes and had a bad fourth quarter i think that he's a guy that you could potentially play i know boston a bad matchup for bigs but he's gonna get low 30s minutes i think if he stays out of foul trouble in this one and he can absolutely end up getting there 16 shot tips in the prior two games each so just taking that one last game as an aberration the fact that he couldn't really do too much since he got in early foul trouble and just kind of had to stay out of foul trouble so the spot should be a little bit better even going up against a tough defensive team Bay, Grant, not really guys I want to go with. Cunningham, 8K, he's been producing at a very high level. This spot's just bad. So if you want to use him as a bring back, that's fine. But I'd stay away from him as a one-off. It's really only Bagley that I want as a one-off. Yeah, I mean, for me on Detroit, it's such a tough matchup against this good Boston team that it's probably just a stay-away spot. I, I completely understand the Bagley play but i just i don't expect this game to stay close the boston side i mean unless some people get ruled out i'm just gonna stay away from boston this game i mean i definitely could see some tournament shots on Derek white at 4700 but overall if everyone's healthy i'm probably passing on boston here yeah and detroit's been playing better recently and still might end up being a blowout here but tatum brown Williams, Smart, Horford, all of them are kind of priced exactly where they should be. I don't mind that call with Derek White, pretty solid overall matchup for him. He's got to the low 30s last game uh, in minutes, but I think overall there's probably going to be better value later on this slate when we get to one game with a decent amount of value because everyone's out. We got the Clippers at Atlanta. Taking on the Hawks, 228.5 total. Hawks a six-point favorite in this one. Covington, George, Kawhi, Powell out, and then everyone's good to go here for Atlanta. Anything standing out to you here for the Clippers? No, I don't really want to play anyone. I mean, Clippers are already a team that are pretty unpredictable, but now Reggie Jackson's sitting there at 8,400. I know the shot volume has been pretty, pretty solid recently, um, but still not a guy I want to take a shot on because he's – Got such massive downside in any given spot, and he's sitting at 8,400. Zubak has some upside, but he has some downside. Morris got hot in the last game, but he's been so hit or miss recently. Like, I don't think I could really count on anyone on the Clippers. This isn't a necessarily great matchup for anyone outside of Reggie Jackson, 
So I'm just going to stay away. If you want to take a shot on Reggie, that's fine. I have no interest in him. Yeah, Reggie Jackson is just too expensive for me. I think in tournaments, you could potentially take shots on Hartstein at his price or maybe even a Zubak, but I don't love this team. Um, I mean, there was times that I was playing a lot of Terrence Mann at 5,500. I mean, I think his ceiling is a little capped. On the Atlanta side, we know Trey Young is capable of monster games, so I don't mind him in like large field tournaments, but I don't think I get there today. But he would be like that one, I think, target. Uh, John Collins, he played terrible the other night. If you think he's going to have a nice, you know, bounce back spot, I could see him potentially playing here. But yeah, yeah, I mean. Collins Capella, like Collins back Capella's minutes are kind of hit or miss, so no interest in him. Collins under 6K is slightly interesting, but probably not a spot I want to go. Bogdanovich, her Hunter with all those wings healthy. No one really stands out. So yeah, it really is Trey Young. I mean, Clippers have been the worst against ones against any other position they go on the floor. So Trey Young always has potential for a 70 point game. He's not my favorite spend up on the slate, but he's definitely a guy that you can throw into GPPs. All right. We're cruising along here. Dallas at Houston. 225 and a half total in this game. The Mavericks, a 10 and a half point favorite. Looking at the injury report. For Dallas, Brunson is questionable. Finney Smith is questionable. Tim Hardaway is out. Nick Lakina is out. And then on the Rockets, Tate, Wood, and Schroeder, all questionable. So starting here with Dallas, I mean, if you think this game is going to stay close, Luca in a fantastic spot here going up against this team. Definitely don't mind him. I don't even... If Brunson sits, I don't even maybe hate taking shots here on Dinwiddie and then if Finney Smith is going to be out, maybe we're, you know, playing some Reggie Bullock. Um, don't love the idea, but I mean, he is cheap enough. Yeah, I can't really do it. I mean, even if he's going to play 40s minutes, he's sitting at 4,200. If he was closer to 3K, I might think about it, but he's just a guy that, I mean, if he makes his threes, then he can get there, but not someone I'm terribly interested in playing, but he could be. Not a terrible pivot off of chalk we'll get to later. Uh, but yeah, really, it's if Brunson's out, it's Dinwiddie is fine. I mean, they're going up against Houston. Houston, the fastest paced team in the league, one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Terrible versus guards, terrible versus every position. So Dinwiddie is in play if Brunson's out, should get the minutes, should get the usage. And then Luca, I mean, he had an off game versus the Knicks, they got completely blown out. Um, so I'm not going to hold it against him, but. Prior to that, 76 and 71 points, he's probably the best spend up on the slate, potentially, if this game stays close. Yeah, I mean, Luca obviously has that ceiling to be the highest scoring uh, player, so definitely don't mind him. On the Houston side, I mean, if we get news that Christian Wood is going to sit, send gun 50 fantasy points the other night, we know this guy's capable of monster games, so... He obviously would jump right up the board. Uh, Jalen Green, if we got news that Schroeder was going to sit, he would be someone that we'd be looking at. And then obviously you could play Kevin Porter Jr. So a lot of potential options here for Houston. If this game stays close, we could see some monster fantasy points here. Yep, exactly. I mean, some gun. If he if Woods out, he's going to play the minutes. 
it's not a great match versus Dallas, but it's not terrible. Um, Schroeder, if he's out, Jalen Green had a pretty decent game. I'm granted he got a lot done, I think, in overtime in that last game, but was still shooting the ball a decent amount prior to OT. So he's definitely a guy that is very much in play, dependent on Schroeder. And then, yeah, you're right. KPJ always in play in tournaments. Definitely like him quite a bit more if Woods out, just because he should see a bit more usage here. Um, but yeah, Sangoon's the real smash spot if Wood is out. Yeah, it, you know, it, I would obviously change the slate big time. And and if we do get Wood, that Christian Wood's going to sit. KJ Martin's forty nine hundred. He's coming off a of back to back good game, so he's another guy that you're going to potentially look at here for Houston. I think a lot of options on this Houston team. Josh Christopher has been playing really good. He's cheap. Eric Gordon came back the other night and played 38 minutes. So a lot of options here on the Houston side of this game. Uh, we got New York Knicks at Memphis taking on the Grizzlies two thirty-one total here. And Memphis is a nine and a half point favorite in this one on the New York side of things. Grimes, Noel, Reddish, Rose, Kimba out, top and questionable. And Memphis, Dylan Brooks is doubtful, and that's really it. So talk to me here about this Knicks team. I mean, it's pretty much Barrett. I know Randall had a great game the other night, and he's fine. He's not great play. He's not a terrible play. Um, but he's probably priced slightly too high at 9.8K. Barrett playing all the minutes he can possibly handle, even the game versus Dallas. Um, it was a complete blowout. He still ended up playing 38 minutes. So you know he's going to play. You know he's going to shoot the entire time. It's just what Tibbs does. Um, so Barrett, I think, would be the main guy I'm interested in. Burks really just has been a little bit up and down. He's been playing decent recently and gets a lot of peripheral stats. But 5,500, probably a tick too cheap. Not much more than that. Fournier, I don't play Fournier unless it's against Boston because he's incredibly inconsistent. Uh, quickly has played pretty decently since uh, Kemba has been out. The minutes have been there almost every single night recently, 31, 31, 28, and 27. So I don't mind him, but Barrett is my drastically preferred play from the Knicks side of things. Yeah, Barrett is just the one that I've been playing from the Knicks. His usage is through the roof right now. Uh, Julius Randle. You know, two decent games. Uh, last game against Dallas was decent. In the game against Sacramento, he shot 31 times, had a monster game. I just don't see him doing that most nights right now. Uh, Alec Burks, I think, is an okay value play most nights. He's over 34 fantasy points in three of the last four. He's still 5,500. His price is going down. So don't mind Burks or quickly in tournaments as value plays. And then on the Memphis side, John Morant. Triple J, Desmond Bain, uh, all viable options in this matchup against the Knicks. Yeah, no, I really like Bain. Surprise, surprise. But I, he's been playing pretty great recently. Um, 39, 42, 36 points in the last three games. Shot volume has been there. Two of the games were complete blowouts, so he really could have gone absolutely nuclear. But he went on a streak of just shooting the ball terribly. Price drop, and it hasn't fully adjusted to how he's been playing recently. Match versus the Knicks isn't great, but they have been playing at a faster pace recently. So Bain is probably my favorite, followed by Ja, who, I mean, he's great. He just keeps crushing every single night. Games stay close. He has potential at 65, 70 points. And then Adams is probably a little – he's been doing really well recently, but he's 
probably a little bit too priced at 6,300 or 6,200 rather. Jackson, he's overpriced at 6,500. I know that he always has huge upside, but he just hasn't been putting things together. He's kind of played second fiddle or third fiddle to Jaw and to Bain and just really focusing on defense. So I think he might have his hands full with Randall. I don't really have an interest in playing him. I am worried about foul trouble. Uh, yeah, I mean, foul trouble always through Triple J. His ceiling is all determined on does he stay at a foul trouble or not. So Cleveland at Miami, 210 total in this game. The Miami Heat, five and a half point favorites. On the Cleveland side, Jarrett Allen, Lavert, Sexton out. And then on the Miami side, Butler's questionable. Caleb Martin is questionable. And Marquise Morris is still out. So Talk to me about this Cleveland side. It's not a great matchup. Otherwise, I would absolutely love Garland and Mobley, but both of them are still pretty solid. I mean, we look at Mobley's numbers. Last few games with Allen out, like he has 55 points and 53 points. He's been playing great. I know it's a very tough spot here going up against Miami, one of the best team, if not the best team, defensively versus Biggs. But the minutes are going to be there every night, and he sees a little bit of an increase in usage without Jared Allen in there. And then Garland coming off a 70-point game, still too cheap at 9K. I know it's a tough spot. I prefer it a little bit more if Butler ends up missing. I think Garland's in play regardless. He's just a tad too cheap, and I think people might shy away because of the tough matchup. Um, Markkinen is worth a GPP flyer, so is Love. Love, we really can't figure out his minutes. I don't understand why he only played 15 in the last spot. It really doesn't make sense to me. They need his scoring right now. They need more minutes out of a big guy, but I guess they're just waiting for the playoffs, even though they haven't even been assured a non-playing game. I don't understand it. I can't ever predict it, but he's worth a flyer in tournaments. But Mobley and Garland are still both pretty solid plays. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen the the ceiling that Garland is capable of, um, you know, over 65 fantasy points in two of the last three games. I think this matchup's a little bit different. With it being a slower matchup, we Evan Mobley, I think he's still in play at 7,200 with Jared Allen out. The minutes are there. The production is there. Tougher matchup against Miami. But I think a guy like Mobley is someone that the rebounds are going to be there, some putbacks, some potential on defense. So I don't mind Evan Mobley in this game. And then on the Miami side, I mean, it all kind of depends on Butler. Uh, if Butler's out, it obviously opens up some stuff. If Butler plays... I definitely don't mind him. I think Oladipo probably still around 18 to 19 minutes in this game. I don't think he's a factor, but he definitely hurts some of these like secondary pieces. What are your thoughts here on Miami? Yeah, it all depends on the Butler news. If Butler ends up playing, I'm kind of out on everyone. Cleveland, not a great matchup for fantasy. Good defensive team. Um, so with everyone healthy for Miami, it's, it's kind of just a no-go for everyone. If Butler's out, then I think we see a little bit extra usage for Hero, for Lowry for Bam. I think all of them are slightly underpriced, even in a bad matchup. I don't know if I play more than one, maybe two in this spot here. I think Bam would be my first guy I go to, followed by Hero, then Lowry. Um, but they're all very much in play. And Old Depot still far too expensive for how many minutes he's playing right now. It's 6,200. No one else really that interesting right now. All right, we're... Rolling on, we got four games left. Charlotte at New Orleans taking on the Pelicans. Two 
so this game is weird. Like most books have it at 229 and a half. Some books have it at 231. So, um, and, and then like some books have it as like Hornets minus one. And then some books have it like Pelicans minus three. Um, so a lot of different lines on this game between like Caesars and FanDuel and DraftKings and stuff. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, looking at the injuries for the Charlotte side of this game, Gordon Hayward's out. And then on the Pelican side, Brandon Ingram is out. CJ McCollum is out. Larry Nance is out. And Zion's out. So talk to me here about Charlotte first. I mean, over on the Charlotte side of things with Hayward still out. I mean, there's a solid matchup going up against Pelicans. Not really a great team. I think they've been running at faster pace recently. No McCollum. So we'll see if this game gets out of hand. But I mean, judging from the, the, uh, what's it called? The, um, blanket spread i don't think it really gets out of hand or turns into a blot so i like ball and i like rogier and i'm fine with bridges i mean rogier comes in this game outside the last game put up 50 plus on the three prior ones good matchup going up against new orleans Lamelo, we always know he has massive upside in any given spot here this game stays close he should be in for low 30s minutes maybe mid 30s minutes if he stays out of foul trouble has 50 point upside in this spot here Bridges, solid overall play. It's interesting, the minutes between Harrell and Plumley. I think this is a spot where they're probably going to end up playing Plumley a decent amount of minutes going up against J-Val. Probably going to need it a little bit. So I don't mind Mason Plumley here at 4,500. I think he offers a decent amount of upside. Outside of that, Ubre, P.J. Washington, not really either guy is that interesting. Um so, really, it's Rogier, Ball, and Plumley for me. Yeah, Rogier, he's just he's been playing fantastic. Uh, not a great game against Boston, but that's what that Boston defense will do to you. Um, so, definitely don't mind going back to the well here on Rogier. P.J. Washington is someone that is, is somewhat interesting in this matchup because of the size that they're going to kind of need here. Um, the New Orleans side, no McCollum, no Ingram. We don't expect like Valanchunas to be a high usage guy. Is this a Devontae Graham against his old team with all these guys out getting 30% usage type of game? I don't, I don't know what else to really expect here for New Orleans. I mean, maybe I think maybe Alvarado, Alvarado, because like yeah. Snell is not going to get a, a big usage. No, he Snell will get his zero 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 stat line with maybe a steal. Um, yeah, so like Snell's not going to get the usage. I think there's going to be an uptick in usage for J Val. Had a pretty solid overall game in the last one, sixty two. We have seen with Ingram off the court before in the past. J Val definitely had an increase in usage. So I think J Val. Going up against Charlotte, one of the worst teams versus bigs. He's potentially the best overall play in this, on the slate from a point-per-dollar standpoint in the mid-range. I think he absolutely crushes here, but I'm willing to go with Herbert Jones. I mean, this is this is a matchup versus Charlotte with the two biggest usage guys on this team out. Like, this is a beautiful spot here. Um, I think J-Val's the obvious guy, followed by Alvarez um, or Alvaro. Alvarado, gosh, it's been a long day. Um, at 3,100, way too cheap. Graham, like, it's so tough to trust him, but you're right, they're going to need usage somewhere. And then, I mean, Herbert Jones really isn't a huge usage guy. 
but he'll see an uptick here. Jackson Hayes, I don't know if I'll get enough minutes to get there. So realistically, like you're looking at the guards and Graham and Alvarado and J Val and Jones, like they're all Jurassic Enterprise versus the fastest pace or one of the fastest pace teams in the league and one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Yeah, I just uh, with with Ingram and McCollum out, you're just you're just rolling the dice in this spot with so many different options. But I think my two favorite is going to be Alvarado and Graham, and I think that's kind of what you were saying too. Like Alvarado, um, Valanciunas could crush here. Like he he could really go like a monster game, right? Like against this, you go for 65 70 here. Yeah, this could be a spot we just play Valentinus too. So, um, all right, moving on. We got Utah at San Antonio, 230 and a half total in this game. The Jazz, a seven and a half point favorite on the Jazz side. Bogdanovich is out on the San Antonio side, Diop, Bates Diop is doubtful. Primo is doubtful, and Langford is out. So, I mean, two teams that are pretty close to being full strength. Um, we'll start with Utah. Bogdanovich matters. He he's a thirty yeah. to thirty five minute a night guy. His defense matters. Like Royce O'Neal probably gets his minutes in this game. I mean. My main thing is I think I think Mitchell just gets a like I think Clarkson gets a few extra minutes, maybe Conley gets a few extra minutes. Royce O'Neal should play a full complement of minutes, and who knows who else they're gonna throw in there. But regardless who they throw in there, they're not gonna be the same usage player as Bogdanovich. This game has a seven-point spread. It's a pace up spot for Utah. I mean, Mitchell sitting there at eighty six hundred just seems way, way too cheap considering the matchup and considering the fact that Bogdanovich isn't playing. I think Mitchell is the play here in the spot. I mean, obviously, Gobert can get there without Bogdanovich. Maybe Conley and Clarkson can end up getting there in the minutes they have. Um, but overall, like, this is still Utah. Like, I guess Clarkson is getting pretty cheap at 4800 I don't know. I guess I, Clarkson definitely is in play in this spot. I know he's just ruined me pretty much all year long, but he could definitely end up with a pretty big outing here. But Mitchell should crush here. Like, just absolutely crush his price tag of 8600 Yeah, I mean, he should. You know, this should be a, a great spot for Donovan Mitchell to have a big game. Um, 45 fantasy points the first time these two teams met. And then on the Spurs side, I mean, DeJounte continues to crush. Um, over 55 fantasy points in six of his last seven or five of his last six games, uh, over 55 in four straight games. He's 11K. I love DeJounte, but this price might be too much for a matchup against Utah with all the studs that we have on this slate. So I could see him putting up 50-55. I just don't know if he gets 60-65 here at 11K. Yeah, no, I'm probably going to avoid him. I'm not going to talk you out of playing him. I mean, he's always a good GBP play. It's pretty much a triple-double machine, but he's probably a bit too spendy here. Jakob Pertl, bad matchup versus Gobert. Should get the minutes, but it's a tough enough matchup where I'm not going to go with him. Keldon Johnson coming off a pretty good game going up against Toronto, but 
Shot a ton in that game. I don't really see that happening again. 6,100, bad matchup versus Utah, probably off my radar. Um, and then with Vassal, Walker, McDermott, all healthy, they're all just kind of off the list. So, I mean, this team is, for the most part, Murray and occasionally Pirtle and occasionally Kelvin Johnson. Matchup versus Utah, where it's a seven-point spread, I'm probably just going to stay away from San Antonio entirely. All right, Toronto at Phoenix, 221 total in this game. The Spurs, or the Suns, sorry, uh, six-point favorites on the Toronto side. OG is out, Bonga is out, Flynn is out. And then on the Suns side, Cam Johnson, Chris Paul, Frank Kaminsky, Dara Sarge out. So looking at Toronto here first, Van Vliet's 8-2. Um, I think that price is somewhat appealing in this matchup. Uh, what are your thoughts on Toronto? Yeah, I mean, with Van Vliet back, Barnes is now way, way too high priced. So 7,500, fully staying away from him. Gary Trent Jr. has been coming into this game in real bad form, been shooting terribly. And with Van Vliet back in there, he's not going to get the same shot volume he had before. So really, you're left with the bigs, which I don't really want to play with Van Vliet back. Boucher, Precious, Birch, all these guys are not going to get the playing time they need to really crush value. So really it's Siakam and Van Vliet, and Van Vliet's the guy that's a little bit underpriced at A200. I mean, Kane played 35, 34 minutes in a blowout last time, so we know that he's full go. He should play his normal 37 to 40 minutes, whatever it is, because they overplay everyone over in Toronto. And he's going to be shooting. He's too cheap at A200, and everyone else is just too expensive with him back. Yeah, Phoenix side, I mean, Booker only 12 shots against Miami the other night. They kind of cruised into that game, and he almost had a triple-double, and he still put up 55. Um, I think he's one of my favorite plays on the slate. I think he's like a 10-5 player that's 8,900. So I really like Booker. I don't love Aiton in this spot. Campaign is someone that I think could get five, six X, but I don't know if he has like that seven, eight X here with Booker back, but I think Booker is the play from the Suns. Yeah, no, absolutely with you. I mean, you're right. That was for one. That was a tough month matchup, even without Booker. Uh, Miami's still pretty solid overall defensive team. Still end up with 55 start off the game real badly, but got blocks. got steals. He got, did kind of everything in that game. He's going to play his minutes in the spot. We saw 33 in a blowout, so you can assume that he's going to play his normal minutes. He wasn't affected by COVID that much. Probably just came back rested. Aiton sitting at 7,200 is a tad bit too high with Booker back in the mold now. Was hyper-efficient in his last game and still only ended up with 34.5 points. Payne, I still think that you can play him. I mean, again, game blew out. He only played 31 minutes. He's probably going to play 36 minutes here. He's not only scoring, but he's kind of just doing everything. He's getting stocks. He's getting a bunch of dimes. So even with Booker back in the mix and him being up to 6,900, I still think that he's a fine play. Bridges and Crowder, however, probably a little bit too expensive now and not really guys that are on my radar. So realistically, it's Booker and Payne here. We finish it out with Washington at LA taking on the Lakers 228 total here. The Lakers, a four point favorite Anthony Davis out Horton Tucker, LeBron questionable Malik Monk, probable Bradley Beal is out still for Washington. So starting here with Washington, what's standing out to you here for the wizards? 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I feel the same way. Like with yeah, with Porzingis playing a decent amount of minutes. I mean, maybe he should be interesting going up against the Lakers, but and they already said he's not going to play on Saturday. I'm guessing he plays 25, 26, 27 minutes. And realistically, he's probably not in play A300 with that amount of minutes. Kuzma with Porzingis eating into his usage is probably a bit too overpriced at 8,800. KCP doesn't have the same role with another guy that can score in here. I know he's had decent outings over the last couple of games. But at 4,800, he's fine. He's not a good play. I guess there is the revenge narrative. He did play for LA, right? They've had so many three D yeah. guards. No, I know Kuzma did KCP. Oh yeah, uh, KCP. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, they've had so many three D guards. It's almost impossible to keep track of them over the last five years. Um, a Smith not going to really get enough minutes. Probably, I know he crushed in limited minutes last time, but. He's not in play. Neto, like, I feel like I should love a matchup versus the Lakers, but realistically, there's just so many different guys playing minutes. And outside of Kuzma and KCP, no one's really getting enough minutes to love. So, um, do you have anything? I can't think of, I can't find a single reason to play any of these guys outside of this matchup versus the Lakers. I mean, KCP's been playing big minutes and, he has over 30 fantasy points in three straight, um, four out of the last six, and he's still 4,800. So I think KCP is very playable here. I think in large field tournaments, if you want to take shots on Porzingis, I do think the usage is going to be big for him once he starts playing those 30-minute games. And I think you're just you're kind of taking that shot, hoping that you get that like first 30-minute game and like you get that first blow-up game for Porzingis. So um, definitely don't mind Porzingis or KCP. I think Kuzma is probably too expensive with Porzingis there now. Um, could prove me wrong, but I'm going to kind of pass on him. And then on the Lakers side, I mean, if LeBron plays, he's just taking over games right now. So ton of interest in LeBron. I actually have a little interest in Westbrook in this game. More on Fanduel where he's still uh, really cheap. So, but I mean, LeBron is my main target here from the Lakers, assuming he plays. Yeah, if LeBron plays, it's LeBron and only LeBron. If LeBron's out, Monk and Westbrook are the two guys you want to go with. Monk been playing a lot of minutes recently, been shooting a whole lot recently, putting up thirty-four plus in each of the last three games. And Westbrook, his usage, everything. Should be pretty great if LeBron ends up missing. I know he put up a 50-point game last game, but he's too expensive over on DK. You're right, over on FanDuel. He is kind of appealing. This is a revenge game for him going up against Washington. I guess it's a revenge game for Kuzma, too. I forgot about that. Maybe Kuzma is in play. Um, but realistically, on the Lakers' side, only LeBron's in play if uh, he ends up playing. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. Favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who is your cheap play today? Um, Alvarado. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy for sure. He's the guy that stands out to me the most. I'm right there with you on him. Um, I, I'm going to go assuming – I'm going to say Christian Wood's going to miss another game. I'm going to go K.J. Martin. Don't play KJ Martin if Christian Wood plays, but if Christian Wood sits, KJ Martin at 4,900 would be my pick. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who is your bust today? 
I'm gonna go with Trey Young. All right. I'm gonna go Jason Tatum, and I just don't think the game is gonna stay close enough for him to crush. Um they've crushed him, I think, three times this year, and Tatum's averaging 43 fantasy points. So favorite 6x play today. Desmond Bain. He's done it in the last two games. He's doing it again here. I'm going to go Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker should be 10-5. Love the fact that he's 8-9. Uh, I like Booker a lot in this spot. Let's get weird. GPP play of the day. Who's weird? I'm going to go with Mason Plumley. I think he plays a decent amount of minutes going up against um, Valanchunas. Um, struggling with this one today. Because, I, I mean, there's a bunch of people that I like. I just don't know how weird they are. Uh, do you think Evan Mobley will get ownership today? I don't think so in a tough spot. I think that's weird enough. All right, that's weird enough. Uh, any bets standing out to you here night before? Uh, main one is Booker over 25 and a half points. That's too low there. And checking on Cunningham's. Cunningham's, yeah, there's too much juice. It's the only one that's really standing out is Booker over 25 and a half points. And when the prop comes up in the morning, I think Bain over 17 and a half or 18 and a half, depending on where it's at. I'm fine with both of them. The over. All right. I mean, there's nothing like jumping off the board to me. Um, I do think, like, if you can get Hornets plus three and a half still. Like Caesars has it at plus three, unless they've taken it down. Um, points bet ahead of it at like plus three and a half. I like that. Um, Hornets plus three line. So, uh, with Ingram, with Ingram out and McCollum out, I, I think Charlotte wins that game. So, if you can get Charlotte plus three, um, even in like in that case, if I think Charlotte's going to win, I'd take Charlotte money line in those plus three situations, get even better odds, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or you can just take them. But I mean, people always say like, oh, I mean, there's not really a difference between minus two, minus three or minus three to minus four, whatever it is. I mean, you can always bet alternate lines. You're getting about 15 points of juice. So realistically going from minus one to plus three is roughly like 60 points of juice. So yeah, if you can get Where'd you? I don't know where you saw that. I, I, I'll probably look for it after the show, but yeah. If you can get, I'm looking uh, at, I look at lines on Action Network, so I don't know if it's moved that much, but um, Action Network says Caesars is Charlotte plus three right now. Charlotte plus three. Um, and DraftKings is Charlotte minus one. Yep. Yep. It's Charlotte. That's just silly. I mean, that's probably the right line. So I'm looking, I'm going to try and find Charlotte plus three because I, I like that bet yeah i mean if you can like i said it, i opened at charlotte plus three and a half um but it's showing right now on action network that points bet is three and a half and caesar's is plus three so hopefully you can jump on that that's gonna yeah, wrap caesar's just took it down yeah points, and points bet will only let me get 30 dollars on i hate that place <laughs> it's like <laughs> access denied <laughs> yeah they've, they've they've been on my no-no list for or i've been on their no-no list for a while <laughs> all right that's gonna wrap it up here for friday we'll be back monday talking more hoops good luck everyone we'll see you then thank you